please be seated and Pastor Steve. Well, it's fun to be back with you again. They let me preach once a year. <laughs> they make sure it's a Sunday when half the church is gone. <laughs> they give me the hardest passage in the whole Bible to preach on. And then Dick tells me I only have so long to preach. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got to share something with you here. I had to listen to the sermons before today just to make sure I wasn't doing anything heretical or anything with what I said. And the pastor who had preached the two Sundays before me, it was Dick. And so I, I listened and, and he did a good job. And doesn't he do a good job? Do you appreciate Dick? He, he really does. But there's always a but with that. I, I heard there was a dress standard in this church, so I pulled out my Hawaiian shirt. Those of you who weren't here for that Sunday, I guess Dick has a terrible looking shirt. Is that that yellow one? Oh, a red. Dang, I almost wore a red one too. The other thing I noticed, I, last time I preached a, a year ago, Dick came up after me and he said something like, you sure preached a long time. And, and I probably did. You know, once you get up here, you, you don't think about that. You just keep going. But Dick made it a point to say that was a really long time. <laughs> so I'm a little anxious this morning because I know he's probably watching his clock. What time is it anyway? Ten? Okay. He's probably watching his clock, but I have to share with you, when I was listening to his two sermons, we finished the second sermon, and, you know, I went to something else, but something happened that it happened again, and, and I couldn't get him off my computer. He just kept preaching, <laughs> and, and so I, I kept hitting all these buttons, thinking, okay, if I go here and shut this off, it will quiet him down, or if I do this, it will quiet him down. <laughs> Nothing worked. And so finally what I did is I just turned the sound down. <laughs> you know, he still may be preaching at home. I don't, I don't know. Sorry, Dick, I just had to share that with you. You know, this morning we find ourselves in the book of Galatians, and, and I'm going to go there in a moment, but I, I need to have some fun with somebody here. I, I need a volunteer and I need somebody, oh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, I see a hand already. Come on up here. Come on up. Beautiful. I like it. Okay. Come right over here. Now tell everybody your name. Avery. Amory, yes. See, and, and I've met you before, haven't I? Because your mama works at the church. That's good. Heard of the, the game called um, Let's Make a Deal? No. You haven't? Oh, you know, we're going to play Let's Make a Deal. And it's real easy here because you, you get some maybe good stuff or maybe not. 
And, and what, I'm, what I'm going to offer you, you see back here, we have two packages. And I'm going to offer you to keep one of those two packages. Now, you can have this package if you want, or you can have this package if you want. And, and whichever one you choose, you get to keep. Now, now, maybe you want some help from the people out here. You, you think? Would that be helpful? Yeah. Do, do you think she should take this package? Oh, you can't see that, can you? You think she should take this package or... Do you think she should take this package? So, so package number one, package number two. One, 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 two, there's a two. There, there are ones, there's a two. All right, it's, it's up to you now. You get whichever package you want. Which one do you want? Mrs. Wheeler. <laughs> yeah. Jerry, it's too late. She already let it out. <laughs> now you know why they say women should not speak in the church, right? Uh-huh. Oh, I know. Uh, enough of that. We're playing a game here. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden it started getting really warm. <laughs> All right, which one? One or two? Come on, you're cutting in my preaching time, so hurry up. Dick is watching here. One. You're going to take this, but let me show you what you missed out on. You got one, right? You don't. <laughs> All right, let's let's do this again. Okay, one or two. <laughs> Dick, th this doesn't count as my preaching time. What? Oh, that's just because it was a box I had. It doesn't mean it's shorts and shirts at all. <laughs> you want this one? All right, you want to see what, what you missed out on? See, I, I packaged it up really well so nobody could find out and see through here. Oh, my goodness. There's one. There's two. What you gave up was this wonderful, cheap, Look at this. You missed out on the M&M. Oh, got to get them straight. See, you put M&Ms in there and you put a coin in and then you get M&Ms out, all right? You missed out on this. But the game is not over yet because now you have this package, but instead of that package, tell you what I would do for you. I would offer you... One dollar instead. <laughs> that one? This really hurts. 
How about two dollars? You sure now? Because pretty soon, you remember how cheap I am. All right. How about, how about, how about? All right. You chose the package. Do you really want to see what you got? All right. I tried to give you money for it. You want to reach in there and get what it is and show people what Well, it's yours. Yeah, show them. <laughs> All right, go ahead and show them. All right, give her a hand. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> so what? <laughs> You know, let's turn to our scripture reading. And by the way, there's a reason I did this. I, I'm not just wasting time up here. But I, I want you to remember what I'm going to share with you, and, and hopefully this will help you to remember that. So let's go to our passage in Galatians. And the nice thing about having these kind of gadgets is it has bigger print than the Bible does. And I, I want to read to you from chapter 3. And by the way, they gave me chapter 3, the end of it, all of chapter 4. I'm not going to read all of that, nor am I going to preach on all of that. Because I want you to get the gist of what Paul was sharing here with the people of Galatia. Now, do you remember, I'm sure you do because Dick preached it, but uh, the whole book of Galatians is about the Judaizers. You remember the Judaizers? And who are the Judaizers? They are people who are what? They're Jews, but what else? They're Christians, okay? But the Judaizers came along and trying to take this new thing called Christianity, or the way at that point, they're taking this new thing called Christianity, and they're saying, okay, we understand a little bit about this, but this other thing about our heritage has to be in there. So, yes, we understand about Jesus, but with Jesus, well, we got to have all these laws. And how many laws were there? 613? I really listened to what he said, so I knew it was 600 and something. But we, we have to put those together somehow. And so they would go around and say, okay, believe in Jesus, but also you got to do this and do this and do this and do this and do this. And when the Apostle Paul heard what was going on in Galatia, he came and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going on here? Because what does Pastor Kurt say and what did Dick say? What do we need for salvation, Jesus and what? Nothing. nothing. You need nothing beside Jesus. So here we pick him up in Galatians chapter 3, uh, beginning with verse 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God. What does it say? Through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ... Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Chapter 4. 
What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were slavery under the elemental uh, spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time has fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. We're going to talk about that because this is exciting news. And so Paul, we have him coming here and we have him looking at these uh, Judaizers and he's saying to them, okay, I understand what you're doing here. You understand about Jesus somewhat, but you understand about the law even more. Let me tell you what you are giving up by doing that kind of thing. And this whole segment about, uh, for the last number of weeks, has talked about freedom in Christ. There's a reason we preach this, not just because of the Judaizers here, but do we tend to put laws and rules on Christians? Yeah, we do, don't we? You know, when I first came as pastor of this church, there were some people that expected me to wear a robe. <laughs> I, I see that hand, Catherine. <laughs> And they made it quite clear that the pastor in this church wears a robe. And so I wore a robe. And then the robe kind of disappeared. And I wore my suit. And then the jacket kind of disappeared. And I wore my shirt and tie. And then the tie kind of disappeared. And now look at me, I'm in Hawaiian clothes. And <laughs> what was going on there in Galatia is that they were coming and saying, you need to know Jesus, but as you need to know Jesus, you also need to know the law. And Paul comes and says, what are you doing? Listen to me here. You need to know Jesus, and that's all you need to know. And then he goes into the reasons that all you need is Jesus. So I'm going to play Let's Make a Deal with You, okay? The first thing here is, and, and this is why you ought to, you know, join the Apostle Paul in what he's saying and believing. For he says, if this happens, you will become sons and daughters of God. Now, does that sound like a good deal? Would that be enough to convince you if I said, you know, if you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you can drop everything else and you will become a son or a daughter of his. See, that's all I'd have to do to offer you, right? Because you know what a good deal that is. You don't want door number two or three or money or anything else because you got a great deal. But see, he goes on because when he says that you can be a son and daughter then he says, there will be no favorites, no prejudices, 
there will be the same treatment for each and every one of you. Now, will you take that deal too? You can be a son and daughter, and there's going to be no prejudices. There are going to be no favorites. It's going to be God and you. You like that? You know, I like that because all of a sudden, I'm on the same par with Billy Graham. <laughs> Whoo! Yeah! <laughs> you know, I like that. And, and I'm as kind and considerate as Mother Teresa. Yes! I know! How do you believe that? I mean, this is great stuff. But that's what he's saying to him. Don't you understand? What you great deal. Not only are you sons and daughters of the mighty one, but he will show no favorites, no prejudices. Look at verse 28. What does it say there? There will be what? There is neither Jew nor Gentile. Do you think the uh, people of Galatia liked hearing that part? Mainly they were what in Galatia? Gentiles. You mean it's for us? Yes, it is. You'll neither be Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. You think the slave like that? You betcha. Neither male or female. Do you think the females like that? They were nothing back then. They loved that. For you all are one in Christ. So it's almost like on graduation from high school. You know, you have all the jocks and all the nerds and all the computer people and all this and all that. And, and wherever you fell when you graduated from high school, when you crossed that line in your cap and gown, nobody could tell the difference between any of you. In fact, it was even hard sometimes to tell whether they were male or female, and that was fine. But we have the equality in Jesus. We have the equality through the salvation that comes through him. So we are clean in the sight of God. No favorites, no prejudices. But in 27, he says that you can be clothed with Christ. And that's kind of like taking the dirty garments of sin off and being clothed in righteousness. Do you see how that works? What happens here, it's, it's much like the Old Testament where they would come and they would bring offerings, sacrifices, and they would offer the sacrifice and then they would be made clean in the sight of God. Through Jesus, that took care of all of that. No longer was that need for a sacrifice because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. So when you come to Christ, you're in. You're clothed with Christ. I love that. Because I have new clothes. Doesn't matter what I wear on the outside, on the inside, I am with Christ. But he goes on. By the way, can you accept that deal? I mean, this gets better all the time, doesn't it? In verse 28, it says that we will be one in Christ Jesus. You know, the Pharisees, they would pray this prayer. I thank thee, God, that I am a Jew, not a Gentile, a man, not a woman, and a free man, not a slave. We, who have accepted Christ, we are one with him. We're free. We're free. We're free indeed. I've heard that somewhere, haven't you? But it goes on. Verse 29. It says you can belong to Christ. Because when we accept Jesus, when God looks at us, 
guess who he sees? He sees Jesus. He doesn't see us. He sees Jesus. Because Jesus came and was at sacrifice for us. He sees that we were bought for a price. That we were redeemed, and we're going to see that a little bit further. By the way, this isn't a bad way to look at each other, too. Do you understand that as you look at your brothers and sisters here in Christ, as different as you all are, that you are one in Christ? That you are clothed with the spiritual clothing that God has given us? The price was paid for us. So can you take that deal? (laughs) Yeah, but it gets better. Look at verse 29, the second part of it. You can be heirs according to the promise. But with our inheritance, by the way, you're in the will. Do you know that? You know, they've, they've already done the will ahead of time. You're in the will. When you die, guess what's going to happen? The will's going to be looked at and says, oh, yeah, you're in. Come on. Is that good news? You know, the price was paid. We become heirs. And by the way, the same covenant as Abraham. We're in his line as believers. We are family. Or we are family. What is that song? We are family. Anybody know that song? Oh, look at that. You know, we could sing that. We're not singing the blessing song today, but we could sing the family song. (laughs) No, just kidding. Is that good enough for you? Will you accept my deal? Well, it really wasn't my deal. It was his deal. But wait, it gets better. Look at verse 6 of chapter 4. We can be saved. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The Spirit comes in. You see, I have no problem giving up control of my life. I mean, I mess it up well enough by myself, but I I can give that control over. But every once in a while, guess what I do? I take it back. You know, I think, I can do that better than you can, God. I mean, God, I can see where this is going to be a lot of fun if I do that. See, I'm missing the point. The point is, once I've given over control, I don't need to take it back because he knows what is best for me. Today and tomorrow, next week and next year, and guess for how long? Forever and ever and ever. I would say amen there, but you'd think the sermon was done, and I'm not saying that. (laughs) But wait a minute. It gets even better. Look at 6, the third part of verse 6. God will be our daddy, our Abba, father. And Abba is Aramaic, and it means father. It means especially close relationship to God. See, isn't that cool? That God all of a sudden becomes a God, not where you have to go through the priest and say, oh, please pray for me, I will give you this, and, and you make it good with God. We can go right to the Father and say, hi, Dad. (laughs) Yeah, Dad, oh, you are so wonderful. Isn't that great? We can have that closeness. 
that oneness, the being clothed, not because of how good we are, remember, but because how good Jesus was to come and die for us. So then we can say, who's your daddy, right? And we know who your daddy is. Is that good enough for you? Oh, but wait. We got another one, one more. Verse 7. You will no longer be a slave to sin or to the law. We are free. We are free indeed. Now, those of you who've gone to college, you know, and you'd have to have gone to college to understand. Oh, you probably didn't have to. But when you were in high school, what did you have all around you? Oh, that's too open of a question. I don't want to have you answer that. Let me tell you what you had all around you. You had laws. You had rules. You had things you had to follow. You had to check in at this time. You had to get your homework done. You had to be in class or your parents got called. You had to do this and this and this and this, didn't you? What was it like when you went to college? Woo! Wow! You mean I don't have to get up and go to class? You mean I don't have to study? You mean I can go out with whoever I want? You mean I don't have to get in at such and such a time? Wow, where have you been all my life, college? I just want to make sure it was that way for you. I mean, it's just... <laughs> you see, the exciting thing here for us is that we're no longer a slave to sin. We're no longer a slave to the law because we have that freedom. By the way, when there's freedom, what comes with freedom? Responsibility. And when we are free in Christ, the only reason we get that freedom is that Christ has come into our hearts to be our Lord and our Savior. And by the way, if he's in control, guess what? He's in control. It's not us any longer. It is Jesus. But what a way to go. That's good stuff. I, I have to laugh as I, I think about, you know, young children. You know, we have a two-and-a-half-year-old grandson. And uh, I, I'm beginning to see a personality developing. And in that personality, and you'll notice this with older children as well, there gets to be certain ways to do things. And things have to be done that way. Because somehow, somewhere, they got it in their minds, we have to do it this way. You have to sit where you always sit. You can't sit somewhere else. That's not the rules. And by the way, when you eat your food, you have to use your fork. You no longer can pick it up with your fingers. That's for babies. <laughs> you, you with me on this? You see how this relates to the Judaizers? They said you can have Jesus, and that's all well and good. But you got to still eat your vegetables with your fork. You still have to sit there. You still have to have bedtime at this time. You see, we're free. We don't have that when we have Christ in our lives. This next part I'm a little concerned about. 
And uh, let me approach it this way. This is the best offer you're going to get, all right? All of these things come with accepting Jesus. Now, you make the decision. Do you want number one or number two? Do you want some money instead of any of those? Some people will choose those things over what I've just talked to you about. You have the choice, but I, I, I think it's clear the choice you should make. But some of you aren't going to make that choice. And you know what I have to say to you? You can go to Sheol. Do you, are you familiar with Sheol? Okay, that keeps me from saying that bad word that you're not supposed to say in church. You understand why I say that? You have Jesus and you have freedom. Or you have no Jesus and you have life. But the future is not good. Or as the Judaizers, Judaizers are teaching, you can have Jesus, but you also need to have all of this other stuff as well. You see, we're free. Those who are Christians are free. Let me quickly tell you a story and then a couple of other things. <laughs> I, I, I saw this, this little piece about this pilot that came over the intercom to his passengers that were flying. And he says, I have bad news and good news for you. The bad news is that our navigation system is out. We have no clue where we're going. But the good news is we're making good time. <laughs> you know, I can see the Judaizers saying that kind of thing. You know, the bad news is you got to do this and this and this and this. Well, maybe that's the good news because the bad news is it doesn't help you at all. It doesn't get you to where you need to be going. You know, we truly are blessed. So, so how does all of this come about? Verse 4, it tells us that it was when the time had fully come. You see that up there? The Greek here is the expression of, you know, something that is complete, that is fully developed. It's like, you know, I'm growing tomatoes and they grow very slowly. Do your tomatoes grow very slowly? And, and, and they begin to turn orange, and, and I can hardly wait, except I confuse myself. I bought a plant that only has yellow tomatoes. <laughs> that takes some getting. You know, when you have laws and rules, it's awfully hard to change. So I don't know when to pick the yellow tomatoes. I'm thinking they're going to get orange, but they're not going to, or red, and they're not going to. That's another story. When a tomato's time has come, oh, it's nice. When the time has come, when God saw it was time, when the area there was morally and spiritually bankrupt, God knew it was time. When they were looking for a savior, God knew he had what the world needed, and he sent Jesus. You know, if you've been studying scripture in the Gospels, you would see in different places where it said, you know, Jesus did this, and yet his time had not come. And then at one place it says his time has come. He paid that price. He didn't meet us halfway, by the way, because it didn't matter a whole lot what we did. 
The long journey was God coming to earth in the form of Jesus. The short journey is us taking the one step to accept Jesus into our lives. You see, that's what Paul is talking about here. First of all, you accept Jesus. Secondly, oh, there is no second, is there? goes on to say in verse 26 that we become sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. I, I, I don't know how you're working this out yourself, but scripture says it is through faith in Christ that we are saved. And only faith in Christ. Remember, not by works, not by laws, but by faith. One last thing, and then I'm done. How are we doing, Dick? I don't care how we're doing. <laughs> so the last thing here is, but why go to all of this work? And we see that in verse 5, the first part. And it's that we might redeem those who are under the law that we might set them free because Jesus paid that price. See, that's what it's all about. Not us, not others, but Jesus paying that price. Back in that day, there were slaves all over the place, and they could be purchased and once you purchased a slave, you could choose to keep them and have them do whatever you wanted them to do. Or you could set them free. Jesus came and he paid the price for all of us slaves. And then he said, <laughs> you are free. You're free indeed. And it's a good thing because with all those laws, we can't keep the laws. I have a hard enough time one day doing all the stuff I should do. Do, are, do you fall into that with me? I mean, I'm all right with my actions, and mostly. You could see my actions, and you'd think mostly I'm okay, but you don't know what goes on up here. Oh, my goodness. I can't keep the laws. I would always be a failure. Always. And yet with Jesus, no longer am I under the law. I'm above the law because of Christ. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The second part of verse 5 says, so that we might receive the full rights of sons. Notice it says that we might receive them, and it doesn't say that we might earn them. You can't earn them. You're not good enough. I'm not good enough but we receive them because it comes as a free gift. Speaking of gifts, let me close with this story. When I was in about, I don't know what grade it was, second or third grade, we had this, this the giving of Christmas presents to each other as a class. And the way they did that is everybody bought a, brought a present wrapped up and then we chose a number. And the one who got number one got to make the first choice. One number two, second, and the one who had 28, sorry, you get what's left over. 
okay? And, and there, was this, there was this one present that one of the kids brought, and, and it was humongous. I mean, it was about this big by this big and about that tall. And I thought, oh, oh, if I could just get number one, this would be so good. And I, and I got in there, and I, I chose, and I looked at my number. I was heartbroken. I was number two. I thought, oh my, you know, that person's going to take that big present and they're going to get the best thing and here I'm stuck with number two and I don't want any of those other ones. Kind of like, oh, poor duck, she didn't mean it, really. I'll just take it home and put it back on the refrigerator. (laughs) So there I was with number two. I was crushed, but when the teacher said, who has number one, guess what? My prayers were answered. The person who had number one is the one who brought the big gift. (laughs) And I was there, yes! So they took some other gift. I walked up proudly, picked up that great big present, took it back to my desk. I opened it up, and there was something like this duck. I learned a lesson that day. Not always the breast presents are big. Sometimes they come in small packages. You see, the Judaizers, they were giving gifts all right, but it wasn't the best gift. They were saying, yes, have Jesus, but have this and this and this. But Jesus came along and said, Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Are you paying attention? So what's your deal? You're going to accept the deal that God's made for you? You're going to choose Jesus and nothing else? It's up to you. But you know the penalty. The penalty of sin is death. But what comes through Jesus Christ? Eternal life. Let's pray. Lord God,